0: there, welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Daswit Acheru. Now, we want to continue because we are looking at financial dominion and last I think two weeks, uh, I introduced this subject and we looked at several things that I don't want to go into. Let me go into something else. Now, to have financial dominion is to have rule over money. To have financial dominion is to have power over money and not the other way around. You see, Jesus said that you cannot serve two masters, God and mammon. Mammon represents money. So, money has a way of dominating you. Money has a way of demanding allegiance and worship from you money has a way of controlling human beings and jesus said that if you don't worship god you can become a victim of money worship all right are we together up to there but when you have financial dominion it simply means you rule over money money doesn't rule over you you rule over money. How many want to be ruled by money? How many want to rule money? Dominate money? Really? Even the way you're lifting your hands, is like money has really intimidated you for many years. Eh? Eh, some of you, the way you're lifting your even the hand is weak. That's what money has been doing to you. Eh? How many want to dominate money? You need to lift up your hands with Yes. Yeah. That's what we call financial dominion. Amen. Now, Romans chapter 13, verse 8, the Bible says, Oh, no man, anything. That means it is not the plan and the purpose of God for you to live in debt. It says, Oh, no man, anything. That means you should not be a slave to anyone. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 7, the Bible says, The rich rules over the poor. Somebody say mercy. And the borrower is a slave of the lender. So the rich will always rule over the poor. That's why you should pray that you may not be poor. The moment you become poor, the rich begin to rule over you. Somebody say mercy. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. The moment you become broke, the rich will rule over you. And, and and you can see it in our world today, isn't it? The rich are ruling the poor. Because the rich have manpower, the rich have instruments of power, the rich have a voice, but the poor don't have a voice. You understand? You can even see that even just becoming a president in this country, you must be rich. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, with your fantastic ideas, without money, may Lord have mercy on you. You can have fantastic ideas, but if there is no money, I mean, it will be very difficult for you to actualize your ideas. You understand what I'm saying? You see, you can have ideas and you don't have money, but those ideas, part of the ideas you have, should be how to get money. (laughs) Uh, Don't just say I have a dream, but part of your dream, in the dream, you should have another dream of getting money to finance your dream. Talk to me, somebody. So, The rich will rule those who are poor. And then the second part says, and the borrower. This one says servant. My translation says slave. The the borrower is a slave to the lender or a servant to the lender. That's why you see when you owe somebody something, you, you are like a slave to that person. Whatever that person says, you will say yes to it. Isn't it? If he says, come here. <laughs> you are hoping by running fast, he might forgive you. <laughs> Isn't it true? Yeah, you are, you, are, you are literally a slave to that particular person. The other day I saw in the news that we have defaulted on our debt payment. Did you see it? We have defaulted. That is not good news. So whatever they tell us to do, we shall run very quickly and do it. Because we are hoping that they can forgive us of the interest. A borrower will always be a slave to the lender. And you see, the Bible says, owe no man nothing. God does not want you to owe anybody anything. He wants you to be free. You understand what I'm saying? He, he doesn't want you to walk around and when you see somebody that you <laughs> you, you owe some money, your confidence disappears, you know. Can you imagine if you're going to give a lecture that you've been preparing for for two weeks, then when you stand, the people sitting in front, yeah, all of them, you know, you owe them something. Let me tell you, it will affect your delivery. It will affect your conflict. Because there are things you want to say, you cannot say them. Isn't it? Things like yesterday, Somebody gave me 10,000 sh- shares. Those are not the things you can say in front of these people who are. <laughs> Isn't it? Or last week I got promoted. You cannot say such things. Even when you are preaching and you have a lot of people who owe you money, there are testimonies you cannot give. Because as soon as you are, the service is over, those people will come and tell you the testimony you gave was very, very powerful. I need my money back. So you are a slave to the person that, you know, has lent you money. That's why God wants you to exercise financial dominion. Amen. I say amen. amen. You see, your amens are very weak, which tells me that a lot of you people are in debt. And you are owing somebody something. That's why you're not saying a very powerful amen because you are... You're wondering, maybe that person is watching. He might see you shouting aloud, amen. I say, I saw the way you're shouting, amen. It's like God has really moved in your life. Look, debts are terrible. And you should run out of debts. Yeah, live a debt-free life. Hallelujah. May you live a debt-free life in the name of Jesus. You don't owe a mamboga. You don't owe Mama Pima. You don't know. You don't owe the shopkeeper in the estate. You don't have arrears. Somebody say arrears. Rent arrears. Which other arrears are there? Now you're quiet. Water arrears. Water bill arrears. School fees arrears. These are they are very spiritual. (laughs) They are not talking today. Huh? Which other areas? Huh? Fuliza. Now, you're, I, I, I like real people. Fuliza. Ask your neighbor, by the way, have you paid the Fuliza? Have you paid it? Until some people are afraid to even load their, to load their phones. They change numbers. They tell you, if you are sending me money, don't send on this line. I have another line. (laughs) You can see it's bondage. Serious bondage. May God deliver you from that. I say, may God deliver us from the bondage of debt in Jesus' name. May you be free, free, free. Shout amen if you believe what I'm saying. I say, may you be free in Jesus' name. So don't be a person who desires poverty, because the rich will rule over you. Amen. So, the kingdom of God, which you and I belong to, is above many things that we see here on earth. And that's why I want you to know that you can live in this world, And enjoy the privileges of the kingdom of God. You can live in this world that is full of all these challenges. Recession, economic, downtown, and all this financial crisis that we see in our world today. And still enjoy the benefits of God's kingdom. Because the kingdom of God is greater than even a country. You understand what I'm saying? The kingdom of God is bigger than the countries that people live in in this world. The kingdom of God is so vast and is powerful. And so you can live in this world, you can live in this city, you can live in this country, you know. but be a partaker of kingdom principles that position you for financial dominion. And I'll prove to you. Exodus chapter nine, Exodus chapter nine, verse one. Let's read Exodus chapter nine, verse one. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Go into Pharaoh and tell him, "That says the Lord God of Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me." Verse two. For if you refuse to let them go and still hold them, keep going." Behold, the hand of the Lord will be on your cattle and your cattle in the field, on the horses, on the donkeys, on the camels, and on oxen, and on the sheep. A very severe pestilence. Verse 5. Oh, verse 4. And the Lord will make a difference. Look at that. And the Lord will do what? Make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So God can actually make God can make a difference between the business of a believer and the business of an unbeliever. You're not here, you're you're not ready for my message today. He can God can make a difference between the company of a born-again Christian and the company that is owned by a non-born-again Christian. He can make a difference. Yes, he can. In fact, I prophesy, standing on this scripture, let there be a distinction between what you do... I say, let there be distinction between what you do as a born-again Christian... And those that others are doing who are not born again in the name of Jesus. May you us shine. May you us be prosperous. May you us make profit. Shout a louder. Amen. Amen. They, were in the, down, they were in the same country. Mm-hmm. Egypt. Same country. Kenya. Same, same country. country. Kenya. Yeah, yeah. Same country Nairobi, but yours, because you are a kingdom son, kingdom daughter, you are a child of God, may yours be better, stronger, healthier, profitable, more than for those who are heathens. Shout a better amen. So he says, I'll make a difference between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt. So, nothing shall die of all that belongs to the children of Israel. (laughs) It's working. working. Tell your neighbor, serving God, living for God, is not in vain. vain. I prophesy when their companies will be going down, yours will not go down. When their companies will will be making losses, Yours will not make losses in the name of Jesus. Shout a louder, Amen. Amen. Pastor Zeph, are you yawning or saying Amen? Then the Lord appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. The Lord prophesied. And say, tomorrow I will draw a line of demarcation between those who belong to me and those who belong to the kingdom of darkness. I prophesy tomorrow. May the Lord make a distinction between you and the heathens around you in the name of Jesus. Shout a louder, "Yes." yes. I've not even started preaching. Sit down. It's an introduction. What a powerful introduction! So, the Lord did this thing on the next day, and all <laughs> all the livestock of Egypt died. Their horses, their donkeys, their sheep, their cattle—all of them died. But, the livestock of the children of Israel, not even one, died. Yet, they were in the same country, same geographical location. It's because the children of Israel were under kingdom principles. That's why I told you, we can be here, but we enjoy the benefits of the kingdom. Hallelujah. When everybody says there is no money, don't speak like them. When people say we are being finished, <laughs> don't say as we, as we are also being finished. No. You are enjoying kingdom principles, kingdom blessings. Their livestock died, but not even one that belonged to the Israelites. Died. Then Pharaoh sent, and indeed, not even one of the livestock of the Israelites was dead. But the heart of Pharaoh became hard, and he did not let the people go. What am I trying to show you here? I'm trying to show you that you can choose not to be a victim of Unga prizes. Because I'm speaking to victims. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, it's a choice you can make. You know, Some of you are not talking to your neighbors. I don't know. Are you on strike or what? That's how hunger is harassing you. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, it's a choice you make. Do you know why you should make that choice? Because you are a child of God. You are a child of God. You have to make that choice. That hunger will not affect me. Oil will not affect me. Fuel will not affect me. It's a choice you make. Why? Because you belong to the kingdom of God. I wish I had a witness in this house. Yes. So when other people are complaining, you, 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 you zip your mouth. Yeah, you don't say these things will finish us. Hunger will finish us. Oil will finish us. It's denting our pockets. Change your language. Change your language. Change what you say. Because you're in this world, but you're not of this world. You are governed by kingdom principles. Hallelujah. Not even one of the livestock of the Israelites was dead because God had put his hand upon them. Amen. Amen. So ladies and gentlemen, there is a place called the wealthy place of God where his children exercise financial dominion regardless of prevailing financial crisis. Let me give you some kingdom principles for financial dominion. I hope I'll finish. If I don't finish, I'll continue. But I pray I finish so I can move to something else. Number one is kingdom addiction. Kingdom principles for financial dominion. Number one is kingdom addiction. You see, when you're addicted to something, it simply means you are unable to break away from it, isn't it? And sometimes when you try to break away from that thing, the withdrawal causes you problems. It's like you malfunction. Your body was so addicted to that thing, it can be a substance or it can be whatever it is, it was so addicted to that thing that if you take that thing away from your body or from you, you feel like you're malfunctioning. That's why you see people who, are, who have drunk for such a long time alcohol and they were addicted to alcohol, they have to go to a rehab for them to successfully make a transition, you know, out of drinking alcohol. Because if you just leave it immediately, you know, you feel sick. That's why they shake. You know, people who are used to smoking, you know, um, they can't just leave it immediately. They have to undergo therapy. Because if you just leave it, the body begins to crave for it, and you feel like you're sick. It's because the body is addicted to the substance that you're putting in it. You understand? Ask your neighbor, you're addicted to something. If you're addicted to food, you cannot fast. Isn't it? You feel like you're dying. And all of us are addicted to food. That's why you eat every day. Ask your neighbor, what did you have for lunch? I'm sure you ate something, isn't it? You ate breakfast. We're addicted because the body will always crave for food every day. When you fast, have you noticed that when you fast, even the day is longer? (laughs) Time is not moving. Because the body is telling you, I need something. I need something. I need food. So, addictions make us slaves to the thing that we are addicted to. I remember there's a brother that we used to do ministry together with and he used to love a lot of tea. He used to drink a lot of tea. You know, like some of you here. He used to take a lot of tea. And one time I asked him, why are you taking a lot of tea? And he told me it's because of where I'm coming from. So I asked him, where are you coming from? Then he told me that he used to drink a lot of, he used to smoke cannabis sativa a lot. So the nicotine uh, that went into his body when he got saved. He started feeling funny. So he feels when he takes tea, it balances that chemical reaction in his system. So he's able to feel better. So when you go to his house, you you always find tea in a thermos. He drinks tea a lot. There are people here. If they don't drink tea, they will have a headache. If you are the one, lift up your hands as if you're just waving at me, and nobody will know you're the one. Uh-huh. It's an addiction. When you are addicted to something, you can't operate well without it. Now, if you're going to experience financial dominion, you must be addicted to God's kingdom. You must embrace kingdom addiction. Because there is no way that God can allow you to walk in financial dominion if you're not addicted to his kingdom. Can I get an amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, give me that scripture quickly. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Do you know we worry a lot about those things? Nor about your, your body, we even worry a lot about our bodies, isn't it? If our bodies are in shape or not, we worry a lot, isn't it? That's why people are going to the gym. That's why people lift weights. That's, that's why people watch what they eat. Because we are worried about our bodies. Or what you will put on. We are worried about our clothes. You know, we want to shine. Isn't it true? Tell your neighbor. I love shining. I love looking good. Praise the Lord. Amen. May God bless you with nice clothes. So that when you wear, you look beautiful. You know you can be beautiful, but the way you are dressed, you know, even a cat is in shock. (laughs) So may God bless you, so you look nice, you dress nice, in Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor, do you think they are dressed well? They are sharp. Pastor Meshach, you've bought another jacket. Anyway, it's it's not... Let's go... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Please, let's move on swiftly. <laughs> Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? That's another message. I'm not going to it. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into bands, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value Than they? Huh? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? No one. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Verse 29. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 30. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, all oh, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? <laughs> For after all these things, The Gentiles seek, which is true. When they wake up, they are thinking about what they will eat, what they will drink, and what they will wear. And God doesn't want you to think like that, because that is a very lower way of thinking. You understand? Just working for what you can wear, working for what you can drink, and working for what you can eat. It's a very low way of living. This for after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Then verse 33. Because your heavenly father knows that you know you you, you're looking for these things. Look at the advice you're given in verse 33. But do what? Uh Uh-huh. And his righteousness, and all these things, what you need to drink what you need to eat, and what you need to wear. All these things shall be unto you. Now, you can see where your poverty has started from. It's because you're not addicted to God's kingdom. Are we together? Tell your neighbor, that is where the rain started beating you. Because you are thinking like Gentiles. Talk to your neighbor. Huh? Talk to your neighbor. That is where the rain started beating us. Because we started thinking like Gentiles. Behaving like Gentiles. Fighting like Gentiles. Waking up in the morning... To go to work like Gentiles. But God is telling you, reverse this thing. Now, your priority should be first my kingdom and righteousness. Then all these things shall be added unto you. My goodness. I want some things to be added in my life. Yes. Where now he says, come and buy without money. Because I've sought his kingdom. That even what I cannot afford with the money in my pocket, I can afford by seeking the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And God in a supernatural way provides for me. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, the same zeal you had for alcohol. Why don't you translate it into the kingdom of God? The same passion we had for smoking, for drinking, for sleeping around. Why don't we just sanitize that passion and now become addicted to the kingdom of God and seek first the kingdom of God and you will see all these things being added unto you. Isn't that amazing? Look, there is nobody that knows your heart like God. Even the way we are seated like this, God knows our hearts. He knows all your motives. He knows the people who came to this service genuinely. (laughs) And he knows the people who came to this church or this service, but their hearts are not after him. They are after something else. Ask your neighbor, what are you after? There are people who came to this service for a hookup. I'm telling you, there is nobody who knows your heart very well like God. Your body is here, but he knows you didn't come to seek him. Mm-hmm. Father, give me prophetic eyes so that I call them by name, one by one. <laughs> seek him. For, we quote this scripture a lot. And you can see that this scripture is coming in the How can I put it? At the background of all these things that we chase after. Clothes, food, and what we drink. It is not a standalone scripture. Read it in context. He mentioned all these things that people seek after. Food, drink, you know, what they wear. All these things. He went and talked about the birds. And these are the words of Jesus. He talked about the birds. They don't work, yet God is feeding them. And he's showing us that if we can seek the kingdom of God first... The same way God is feeding birds, <laughs> the same way God is taking care of the lilies, is the same way He will take care of us. My goodness. Whew, that tells me your level of financial dominion is a reflection of your spirituality. Mm. Examine your life. Let's judge your spirituality. Look at you. Are you looking at you? Look at you. Are you looking at yourself? Just look at yourself. Look at your pocket. Look at your wallet. Look at your bank account. Look at your house. That's how spiritual you are. say, oh, poor people are closer to God. Wrong. Very far. I know you're offended, but it's fine. I'll preach. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, they are very far. Because you can't be close to God and remain poor. Hmm. I'm messing your theology a bit, isn't it? You can't be close to God. Seeking the kingdom of God. Passionately. Genuinely. And remain poor. You are poor because you are very far from God. You are poor because you are not seeking after the kingdom. You are seeking after others. You are thinking like a Gentile. You are a born again Christian but you are thinking like a Gentile. How many Gentiles are in the house? I know you can lift your hand, but let me tell you this scripture is showing us that we have a lot of Gentiles in the house. Tell your neighbor, Lord, have mercy. Yes, seek ye first. Seek ye first. First, the kingdom of God. And I will show you what seeking first the kingdom means. Oh, Lord. Can we go deeper or will we stop there? Hmm? Hmm? Look at your neighbor and tell them Kumbe, you are not very spiritual as I thought. <laughs> From what I'm seeing. Ah eh? please talk to your neighbor, tell them, Kumbe, Kumbe. These two prayers you make in the public are not a reflection of your spirituality. so how do we seek the kingdom number one you must attend church joyfully that's one of the ways you seek the kingdom because God is looking at your heart church attendance should not be a drudgery it's like you're being forced. It's like you're being coerced. It's like you're being pushed. It should be something that comes from your heart. You're doing it joyfully. Somebody say joyfully. The reason why many Christians are not blessed is because they come to church as if they have been forced to come to church. It's a formality. It's feeling a day. And some come to church because they dread a phone call from their father or mother Sunday evening. Asking them, did you go to church? Because they want to say, yes, I went. But it's not something that is coming from their hearts. That's why you see many parents, when they bring their children to church for many years, when those children grow up, sometimes they rebel. Because they were not doing it from their hearts. They were doing it because they were being forced to go to church. And when they got an opportunity to make a decision, they decide, I will never go to church again. Are you happy that you came Friday night? Oh, you're like, let's go and see. You know, if you don't go past, uh, who will he preach to? So let's take our bodies. So you, you brought your body, but your heart is not in it. Attending church joyfully is seeking the kingdom of God. Because you know that this is a very important moment for me. I am appearing before God. I am seeking after God. I have so many options. I can go somewhere. I can go and watch TV. I can go and watch movies. I can go and hang out with my friends. I can go for a drink. Isn't it? It doesn't have to be alcohol. Even soda can be a drink. I can go for a drink. But I chose to come to the house of God and it is not drudgery for me. It is a joy. I am happy. I'm in the house of God. Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, are you happy that you're in the house of God? Are you happy? Are you happy? Because sometimes even the worship leader has to tell people, come on, rejoice, come on, be happy. We're in the presence of the Lord because people are It's like they want to fight even the worship leader. They have come for war. you to come? Who forced you to come? I'm asking you, who forced you to come? You came for war and you begin the war from the door with the ushers. Actually from the gate with the greeters. Welcome! You are not happy. You enter the church, you are directed where to go, you go opposite direction you're ready to fight. Who forced you to come? Look, such a heart God will never bless. He will never bless. You understand? I might not see your heart, but God is seeing your heart. Nobody will see your heart, but God will see it and he will see. This, 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 I almost used a very bad word, but this, <laughs> What we just say, this this child of mine has come to my house, but his heart is not after me. Look at the way he's behaving in the house of the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's why we quote scriptures. I was glad. <laughs> yeah? this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice but you see you can see that the scripture is not settling in the hearts of the people then you tell them please let us rejoice before we start please we should not be told to rejoice tell neighbor, it is not a concert oh you thought it was a concert it is not a, we have come to appear before God because we are seeking after the kingdom of God and we are excited to be in his presence and we don't we don't need external stimuli to make us happy. It's a decision we have made from our hearts. We are joyful. David says this, and I want to quote. In Psalm 122 verse 1 to 2, He says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I was glad. Psalm, is it there? He says, I was glad. I was happy. I was excited. When they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad. I was glad. I was glad. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Come on, are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? Pastor Anthony understands what I'm saying says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of God. Hallelujah. Go to verse 2. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O oh Jerusalem. Verse 3. I want to show you something. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compacted together. Verse 4. Where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to the testimony of Israel. To give thanks to the name of the Lord. Everybody is going, but David says, for me, I was glad. A crowd is going to stand before God and give thanks to his name, but David says, when I heard that we are going to the house of God, I was glad. Verse 5, for thrones are set there for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Verse 6, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper. May they prosper. You see, when you come with a joyful heart, it shows that you really love the Lord. You are not joyful because of the kind of the worship leader that is leading worship that day. Because when you come expecting Pastor Anthony, then you find his Florence your heart might sink a little bit. It is not about the person that is here. It is the person that we have come to appear before. His name is Jehovah God. I will... And Love the Lord. You will do what? You prosper. You prosper because you know you are coming to stand before God. And God is looking at your heart to see the state of your heart to see if you really love him and you're happy to be in his presence. Verse 7, may they prosper. Peace be within within your walls. Prosperity within your palaces. So every time you see joy in God's presence, you're going to see prosperity. You're going to see peace. It's a byproduct of showing up in the presence of God with joy. Praise the Lord. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, from today, I'll be watching your continents. Yes. Hallelujah. Because this is not a prison. This is a house of God. And we come joyfully. Number two, you must invest in the kingdom generously. That is how you seek fast. You invest in the kingdom. And you invest generally, ge- generously. I want to ask you a question. Where does your money go? Where do you your money? Are you able to track your money? If you do an audit of your money, where does a big chunk of your money go? The destination of your money determines your financial fortunes. The destination of your money determines your financial fortunes. And in this case we are talking about seeking first the kingdom of God. You must direct your monies to the kingdom of God. Send your monies to the kingdom of God. Where th- where your money ends up determines whether you will have financial dominion or not. First chron- Chronicles chapter 29 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 1. It talks about David again. I love David because David was really in love with God's house. 1 Chronicles, give me the scripture quickly. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. I'm going to read verse 1 to 5. Then we're going to jump and read verse 25 to 28. Are you there? 29. Not 12, 29. Then the people rejoice. Verse 1. Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. And the work is great, because the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. Verse 2. Now for the house of my God, I have prepared within all my might gold. Look at what David did. He prepared gold for the things to be made of gold, silver for the things of silver, bronze for the things of bronze, iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones, and marble slabs in abundance. Verse 3. Moreover, because I have set my affection, I have set my affection, my love, on the house. Ask your neighbor, where is your affection? Some of you are more affectionate towards your girlfriend, more than the house of God. Hmm? Isn't it true? Isn't it true? Isn't it true? I have said my affection On the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. My own special treasure of gold and He went to his own special treasure. Everybody here, you have your own special treasure. Where you say, this one, I will not touch. This one is special. Isn't it? Even when you look at your wardrobe, there are clothes, but there is a particular one. You say, this one is for special occasion. Because when you wear, it takes advantage of your calves. When you leave the house, everybody knows somebody is walking. But the others, when you wear, when you leave the house, they think a tree is walking. Isn't it? In everything that you have, there is a treasure. Money, there is a treasure. Car, there is a treasure. Isn't it true? I'm saying the truth. Even if you're not responding, I'm saying the truth. So David says, "For my out of my own special, special treasure, uh-huh, 3,000 talents of gold, of the gold of Ophir, 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the house. And he keeps on talking about all this in the gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, and all kinds of work to be done by the hands of craftsmen who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord. He gave an offering from his own treasure for the building of God's house because he had affection for God's house. Look, it is not What you have, it is the kind of heart you have. You know, there are people who say, Pastor, you know me, the day I'll have a lot of money, you will see how I'll support this church. If you are stingy with 10,000, your stinginess will multiply when you get 10 million. True or not true? Because there are people who say, you know these people are giving is because they have a lot of money. No. They are giving because they have affection for God's house. That's why they are giving. There's a time I say this statement. I want to say it again. I don't give because I have. I have because I give. It's the affection. It's the affection. And because he gave and invested, jump to verse 25 and see what happened. Because he gave, he invested, Jeremy, into the kingdom of God, into the house of God. Let's see what happened. Verse 25. Verse 25. So, the Lord exalted Solomon exceedingly in the sight of all Israel and bestowed on him such royal majesty as had not been seen on any king before in Israel. Verse 26. Thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over Israel. Verse 27. Verse 27. And the period that he reigned, now we are talking about David, over Israel was 40 years. Seven years he reigned in Hebron, and 33 years he reigned in Jerusalem. Are we still together up to there? Verse 28, so he died. Who died? Who died? The man who had an affection for God's house and invested out of his own treasures, to build the house of God. He died in a good old So we confess long life. But also, we should start investing in the kingdom of God. So that that's, that good old age we confess may also become a reality. He died of a good old age, number two, full of days and riches and He died old, full of days, and he died rich. Look, you can die poor, or you can die rich. Which one do you want? There are people who think if you die poor, you go to heaven. Look, Abraham died rich. He went to heaven. So choose how you want to die. Ask your neighbor how do you want to die? <laughs> I know Lazarus made it to heaven, but I also know Abraham made it to heaven. Even David made it to heaven. He died rich. So how do you want to die? Hmm? Yeah, may God bless you until you when you die. Even when people come to your funeral, they interact with wealth, opulence. Yeah. Have you ever attended a funeral when you leave, you say, "Hey, oh jamaa yeah. and have you attended others and you say, hey, 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 hey. poverty is bad. You even look at the casket. It looks like when they are carrying it, it can fall apart. You look at the grave. You know, one time I did a funeral of somebody and the grave was so shallow. So shallow. I was really affected. No, you need to die nicely. Look at the way you look so nice. Beautiful. Look at your neighbor. The face. The hairstyle. Look. Oh, You are not looking at your neighbor. Are you afraid of your neighbor? (laughs) He's handsome, smelling so good. Tell them, you need to die nicely, my friend. You need to die nicely. And be buried nicely, my friend. He died in a good old age, full of days and riches. And you are dead, but you are still rich. There's a prophet who went to the grave, poor, until poverty crawled out of the grave and started haunting his children. Children were being sold to pay his debt. That will not be your story. Even in the grave, you will still be making money. You're not ready for this prophecy. I say even in your grave, your name will still be making money. Blessing generations. Shout the louder, amen. amen. Do you know there are people who have died, and the monies they have made in the grave are more than the money they made when they were alive? That's what is called RIP. Rest in peace. There are people who don't rest in peace, they rest in pieces. Even as we are going home, we are thinking, what what went wrong? David died well. Good old age. Hallelujah. Full of days. Hmm. Riches. Why? Because he invested in the kingdom of God. He used his position, his wealth, his gifts to build the kingdom of God. And he was so, I mean, he died rich. His son started ruling, surrounded with riches. And because he didn't have the character, the riches went into his head. And he thought, when you have a lot of money, you marry women. He's thinking like some men who belong to a particular tribe in this country. I will not mention, when they get some money, the next thing they think about is a second wife. Tell your neighbor, stop tripping. Some of these men here, yeah. huh? if we don't really pray for them, the reason why they have one woman is because they are broke. <laughs> oh, I need to get out of this thing. But the day to money will come into their way. The next thing they will start thinking. Because even the one you have, you are struggling. <laughs> you are struggling to maintain. When she asked you for money for the salon, you start having a headache. (laughs) When Solomon had all these wealth, riches, whatever, he started thinking about women. He married one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hundred. And then three hundred concubines. More money does not mean more women. Hmm? And you women who accept to be second wives, what is wrong with you? Because when a woman sees money, I don't know what happens to her. (laughs) Yeah, sour. (laughs) Wife number 10, sour. 20, sour. (laughs) He died good old age, full of days simply because he invested in God's kingdom. We shall invest. I say we shall invest in God's kingdom. We are preparing to build the house of God. You should be at the forefront saying that i partner with God's house. We shall build the cathedral. Can I hear louder? Yes! Oh yeah. Number three. How do we seek? Seek the kingdom of God. Number one, we said, is attend church joyfully. Number two, invest in the kingdom generously. Number three, is serving God diligently. You serve diligently. You serve diligently. You are a foot soldier. Serving God with all your heart, using your hands, using your brains, using everything that God has given unto you to serve him. Hallelujah. You see, a lot of people come to church to be served, but we need to come to church with the mentality of serving, that you're doing something for God. Amen. So if you can sing you your here, you need to sing. Alright? If you are a good leader and you are here, we need to see your leadership skills. If you are an organizer, a very good organizer, we need to see. So everything that God has put unto you must use it in church. Because that's how you seek fast the kingdom of God. In any case, who gave you that gift? Is God. Who gave you the privileges that you have enjoyed that have positioned you where you are now? It's God. So you use your position, you use your influence, you use everything God has given you to serve Him. You use your beauty. Your, your beauty is not just to slay men. Huh? Yeah. Let's go and chokosa. No, it's to serve God. Your smile is to serve God. Everything God has given you is to use it in his house to serve him. Hallelujah. And I will show you. You want me to show you a scripture? Huh? Before I show you a scripture, ask your neighbor, what do you do for God? You. huh? Look, Pastor Zephi is serving God with his fingers. Yeah, Playing the keyboard. Every Friday is there playing, isn't it? And he's not tired. Are you getting tired? He's not tired. He's happy. He's playing the fingers. You know, your wife is, is going to be blessed. Because if you can use your fingers on the keyboard, I can imagine. She'll be, she'll be producing nice music, isn't it? Oh, Yes. It is working. (laughs) If he can make the keyboard sound like that, and it is a non-living thing, how about a living thing? Mercy Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Tell anybody, it's working, it's working. I mean, he will be producing soundtracks every day. So tell your neighbor, use your gift. Use your gift. If you can sing, sing. If you can usher, usher. If you can smile, smile. Smile until visitors make this church their church. They say, eh, that smile. It was a Holy Ghost smile. Hmm? If you can be behind the camera, go hold the camera. And serve. You can edit. Join the department and edit. Look, we should get to a place where we are not paying people in church to serve God. It's very wrong to pay everybody in church because they are serving God. We should get a lot of volunteers. So that the monies can go into building the house of God. Hmm? But when you carry a chair from the store, where is the store? There. You bring, you bring, you bring, you bring, you bring after service, you're hanging around. Then you tell Pastor, you know, I carried a chair and I've not been paid. I will slap you in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Should serve God. Tell me about serve God. Serve God. Hmm? And some of you here, you 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 charge churches. Stop charging churches. Huh? Yeah? You're charging churches. You're even charging your church where you receive spiritual nourishment. You should stop charging your church. Hey, yeah. eh. I've stepped on a live wire right there. Don't stop charging your church for your services. <laughs> we are going to build the church. Don't charge the church. Yes. If you can volunteer your lorry to bring ballast, don't ask us for fuel. Put the fuel yourself. And bring the ballast. Where are immense? They have disappeared. Yes, whatever you can do, if it's legal service, whatever you can do, serve God, and I will show you. Can I show you? Or oh, you don't want me to show you? Huh? Let me show you a scripture, then we pray. Hmm. Job chapter 36, verse 11. It's my last scripture. Job. Hmm? chapter 36 if they obey and serve him they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years pleasures you see there is prosperity and pleasure not every prosperity has pleasure you can prosper but you're not happy pleasure means you're happy as well isn't it tell anybody i want both, I want both. tell them again I want, I want both you can have food but you can't eat yes. yes you can have food and you can't eat it you just look at it you don't have appetite you can't eat it so it says they will spend their days in prosperity because of serving and they will spend their years in pleasure by serving hmm. I want prosperity for the rest of my days Hallelujah Take 85 minus what you have now what are you left with? No? Rose stop looking aside It's is the reality <laughs> and you can never run away from reality At five minus what you have you can see not many years we want those years to be better than the years in the past you will age gracefully yes. you will age in prosperity yes. spend your days in prosperity yes. your years in pleasure yes. can I hear louder amen in this house yes. By doing what? Serving. You know, we teach these things and people take them lightly. No wonder people are struggling. Serve. What do you do in church? Apart from just coming and sitting and looking around. What do you do? Serve. Do something. Because when you do that, you will spend your days in prosperity. And your years in pleasure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christianity is not just fasting and praying and concording your face. It also has pleasure attached to it, where you can travel and go places and have a good time with the love of your life. Can I get an amen? amen. Oh, yes. You can go to Mombasa for a week, just the two of you, and have a good time. Just a good time and come back and you're still born again, loving the Lord. Hallelujah. You can travel to Paris. Oh, yes. Yes. And buy some diamonds with your baby. Take her around in the name of Jesus. And you come back still serving the Lord. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Can I hear a Holy Ghost? Amen. Amen. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. It is possible if you serve. ask your neighbor for me. What do you do in church? Because there are people here who are not serving God. We want them to start serving God. Hmm? And remember I said serving God diligently. Not showing up and then you disappear. Then showing up, then you disappear. It's diligence. You are there. You are at your work station. Faithfully. You know, when you understand this thing, you will not be giving the excuses that you give. You know, today I don't feel like serving. I'm staying at home. You, you cannot give such an excuse. Even before you travel, you think about how your department will be affected. And if you can make adjustments, you make adjustments. You can even come and serve before you travel. Diligence. Look, I told you, God is looking at your heart. He's looking where? Ngoro. He's (laughs) looking... He's looking at your heart, 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 to see. And you can see that we have people in church who are struggling. We have counseled. We have prayed for them. We have done everything. We have even held hands and surrounded them in prayer. Mm -hmm. Nothing is happening. It's because they're neglecting some of these principles I'm sharing with you. Serve God diligently. You will spend your days in prosperity. And you'll spend your years in pleasure. You die like David, you'll die rich. <laughs> you'll die rich. I say you'll die rich. Please have a vision that when you die, there will be no WhatsApp groups. You know those whatsapp groups with your picture as the profile picture asking for donations that will not be your portion look at the way you are not saying amen because you want it <laughs> huh? in Swahili that's the difference between Hayati and Marehemu that's, that's the difference is the whatsapp group it was supposed to be a joke but you didn't get it so stand to your feet we pray glory. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Why don't you raise your hands and respond to that word right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Respond to the word right now. Father, we shall serve you. We shall serve you with all our hearts. We shall invest in your kingdom. We shall attend church joyfully. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We shall serve you diligently. We shall invest in your kingdom generously. We shall attend church joyfully yes Lord thank you Jesus father help us help us oh Lord there are people here your service to God was going down you can turn your hearts to God you can repent and tell God forgive me for being lukewarm in service Forgive me for not serving you as I should. I'm turning my heart back to the place of service to be more committed, to serve diligently in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for your word that has come to us. I pray that we shall be committed to church attendance and we shall attend church joyfully because David says, I was glad. Father, we shall be glad too to come to your house. We shall be glad to attend church. It, it will not be a drudgery. It will not be out of coercion. It will be out of a place of joy in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that we shall invest it in your kingdom generously. We shall not be stingy givers. Like David, we shall pull out of our treasures that which we treasure and use it to build your house in the name of jesus and lord i pray that we shall serve you diligently with all our hearts we shall be foot soldiers committed to serving you no matter what is happening or taking place in our lives for it is in jesus name we pray amen can we bless the name of the lord Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazu Tecero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.